This episode of Ragcast Outdoors is brought to you by PK Lures, Bow Spider, and High Mountain Seasonings. Fish on! Hey, Radcast is on! Hunting, fishing, and everything in between. This is Radcast Outdoors. Here are David Merrill and Patrick Edwards. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Radcast Outdoors. I'm your host today, Patrick Edwards. David Merrill is off in Kodiak bear hunting, so he's not going to be on this podcast today, but I don't think he feels too badly about it, especially considering where he's at and what he's doing. But I do have a couple of special guests today, one that I've known for a long time and got to work with at Central Wyoming College, and then the other has become a new friend. And I do have to give credit where credit is due. Melissa, who's a friend of mine who I used to work with, she listens to the podcasts and she suggests guests every now and again. And she suggested the guest today and it's because of the impact that it's had on her life and so melissa thank you for that and so i just want to introduce real quick lance and fred so how are you guys doing this morning awesome and and thank you patrick for having us on we we really really impressed with what radcast has got going on and and the impact that you're making and and we appreciate the opportunity to come out today and talk with you definitely definitely and Lance, you used to have a podcast as well. We both started our podcast back in the County 10 studios back in the right. day. I did, yes. I uh, Coming from a, a mental health background, I ran a uh, discussion of mental health issues and, and stuff like that for a while. And I don't know, that was a very enjoyable time, but uh, I'm retired now. So. <laughs> yeah. He ditched us and retired <laughs> and then went south and enjoyed not being in Wyoming this right. past winter. So I'm, for sure. I, I won't hold that against you forever. Yeah, you uh, shouldn't. You <laughs> but, shouldn't. but anyway, so we're here to talk about the First Hunt Foundation and talk about what it does for women and youth most specifically, but really for anybody. And so Fred, I, real quick, I want to get just some of your background. You sent me a really cool picture this morning of a black bear that you just got in Arizona with a muzzle loader. So we'll have to talk about that a little bit, but tell us just a little bit about yourself and maybe a little bit about that hunt. Uh, yeah, sure. And so I was very fortunate and blessed to retire at an early age, um, 49. So I've been retired for 10 years. One of my leading goals for retirement was to live in an area that is conducive to the outdoors and the northwest corner of wyoming just absolutely fits the bill and and the wyoming community is just an awesome community to be part of and just you know i'm just emotionally attached to the state one of my passions throughout my life is um is hunting i was introduced uh through the traditional means and it was a family tradition my grandfather had a part ownership of one of the legacy hunting camps in Pennsylvania made out of, you know, the cabin was made out of chestnut logs and the chestnut blight went through and killed all those trees, you know, over a century ago. So I grew up doing that with my grandfather and my dad and got started at a very early age, probably too early, but, and it became my passion. And what I, you know, I really didn't get into big game hunting until after I graduated from college and I got very fortunate to harvest a number of just awesome animals. And, and since then, you know, I've been successful in harvesting well over 
half of the big game animals uh, available in North America. Going through those cycles, like many people, where you know, I'm a late life hunter and it's more about the experience than harvesting. And so I seek out the experiences. And so this latest hunt was one of those experiences where I wanted to go on a bear hunt with hounds and it's all about the chase. I really wasn't real excited about having to harvest a bear to call to success, but I wanted to experience those hounds and and just the, the excitement and the intensity. And so I went to probably the best area in North America for big bears and lots of bears. And with a, I hired an outfitter that has been chasing him for 40 years. And oh my gosh, what an experience. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was physically intense. What I didn't appreciate fully until I went on this, this hunt is when you make the decision to release the dogs you make a decision to find those dogs regardless of where they go. And we got into some incredibly rough country down in the canyons and crawling over dry waterfalls and rocks. And But ultimately, I, I, I did harvest uh, just a stomper of a bear on the, on the hunt this past week with my muzzleloader. And, and uh, not the record book makes much of a difference to me but but a pretty good chance i'll make record book that's awesome well yeah. congrats on the bear and lance i want you to do a quick introduction lance is one of the few guests i've had on the show that i've both hunted with and fished with yeah so this is a rare occurrence <laughs> just gotta call that out yeah uh, but yeah just tell us a little bit about yourself sure i was uh born and raised in wyoming really got into hunting and fishing very early in my life. Um, grandparents fished, my dad fished, my dad hunted, uh, my mom hunted, everybody in our family hunted and fished. So I had that opportunity from an early early time. Uh, we eventually moved from Casper to uh, Pinedale, ended up graduating from high school in Pinedale. My dad still lives over there and kind of consider that my home and at least my long-term home. Uh, always going heading back over there and went to the University of Wyoming, you know, eventually got out of hunting for a while. You get busy with college and you get busy with family and in early family days. And but as soon as possible after I kind of got settled, I started hunting and fishing again and and stayed in it. And it's always been a, a, a passion of mine, probably more the hunting side than the fishing side. But and I have a tendency to fly fish more than I uh, I won't hold it. Against I know. Cat, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, but um, I've I've also been fishing with you without fly fishing. Like so this this opportunity uh, with the First Hunt Foundation really just kind of came out of a an old, old relationship that I had with a friend of mine at the University of Wyoming who uh, went through the First Hunt Foundation process as a, as a mentee, came up through it for herself and, and really in, at a time then when I was getting ready to retire and then had retired, she reached out and said, hey, would you be interested in being a mentor? And uh, at the time, I was like, yes, absolutely. I, I think that's a perfect timing for me. And uh, then didn't hear from her for a little while. I think her life, you know, she went through some, re- she started getting ready to retire. And then out of the blue, she contacted me and said, hey, are you still interested uh, in this opportunity? And I said, yeah, I am. 
but I'm moving again. So we had uh, had about a two-year short period in uh, Laramie, but moving back to uh, Fremont County in Lander. And she's like, hmm, this might work out perfect. Uh, We're in the (laughs) development stages of developing a chapter of the First Hunt Foundation in Fremont County. And uh, would you be interested in talking more about that? So Fred and I got in contact uh, through just, I mean, really, it was one meeting. Um, He's like, can we do this? And I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Like I'm up for it. So that's kind of where, where I'm at. And, and my participation is really just very new. Um, you know, Fred obviously has, has had quite a bit more history in the, in the foundation. I'm still up and coming and learning, but looks like I'll be in the deep end here quickly as I'm uh, developing the uh, chapter in, in Fremont County and, and the Lander region. We coincide with Game and Fish areas. So the Game and Fish calls it the Lander region, but it goes north to Togedy and south to South Pass and east to Shoshone and all points in between. So That's great. And so let's get into it. Tell us, you know, a lot of people who are listening to this podcast have probably never heard of the First Hunt Foundation. They're not familiar with what the mission is. They don't know anything about it. So just assuming that, tell us about the First Hunt Foundation and what the mission and goals are for the organization. Yeah, my pleasure. So the First Hunt Foundation is a national organization and it was formed about seven and a half years ago by a gentleman by the name of rick brazel who's the president and founder of the foundation and he's still the president uh, of the foundation and very active it's become his life and in that seven and a half years the foundation has become the largest boots on the ground volunteer-based organization in the united states getting people into hunting and its mission is to save hunting as part of our culture and it's a mentoring based operating model uh, similar to big brother big sister and the idea is to have a mentoring and coaching relationship with uh, available to somebody that really doesn't have somebody in their social network to teach them and coach them on how to hunt and gain that self-sufficiency and self and confidence to get out there on their own and, and with their with their friends. And so it's 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 unique in the sense that many there's a lot of great organizations out there, but they tend to be guided experiences. This is a learning experience, and and the foundation now has a presence in 43 states, uh, has nearly a thousand mentors, uh, and when you think about the impact of nearly a thousand mentors uh it's just tremendous uh, not only on getting people into the outdoors but also on conservation because all those people are buying hunting licenses uh, we do do fishing programs as a softer introduction to the outdoors and and as a means of recruiting people ultimately into hunting that may not be ready to uh shoot a firearm Simil- similarly i i was approached by uh, a mutual friend of lance's of mine um uh, i had been mentoring already a little over four well around four years years ago through some work I was doing with Wyoming Women's Foundation. I was on, I was a founding board member for the Wyoming Women's Antelope Hunt, and I'm still very active with that. And uh, her name's Catherine, and, and Catherine was the chair of the Women's Foundation at that time. And she got to know me, and she goes, you know what? There's this organization called the First Hunt Foundation, and they're looking for a state director. You ought to throw your name in the hat. So I threw my name in the hat, 
may have been the only name. Um, <laughs> and I was selected. And so three and a half years later, you know, I'm the state director for the First Hunt Foundation. And, and it's just been off the charts, exponential growth. First Hunt Foundation here in the state, it has become the largest volunteer-based organization similar to the national organization here in the state of Wyoming, getting people into the outdoors. And in three and a half years, we have roughly 100 mentors across the state. Uh, We have five chapters, and uh, a couple of those chapters have uh, chapter presidents that are women intentionally, and uh, women make great mentors. And most recently, we're, you know, as Lance referenced, uh, we're going to form a chapter here in Lander. Lance will be the chapter president for that and it's it's really exciting with what we've got going on but as part of that growth we have currently 10 structured education programs and events across the state we're getting on the order of about 200 people into the outdoors every year and that's compounding and it's just it's just awesome because a lot of these people they start off as new to hunting and they they get excited and they gain that confidence and they become mentors themselves and they bring their family into it here the latest endeavor is working with wyoming catholic college and wyoming wildlife federation to develop three new programs with the wyoming catholic college that will become part of their curriculum there in lander and that will be the basis for forming the lander region chapter that that lance will lead and getting involved with scholastics is just off the charts exciting and it just brings that higher level formality and and professional approach to recruiting people into hunting and that's a snapshot i go on and on and on i've I've got a thousand (laughs) it's an all-volunteer based organization uh, including myself Uh, it's nearly a full-time job for me i and there's no complaints the the heartwarming stories are just endless because we're changing lives and we're giving people the opportunity to get into the outdoors and learn to hunt learn to fly fish and where you know they wouldn't otherwise have that opportunity and 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 they pick it up and there's so many stories where it's become family traditions and moms getting out with their their children dads getting out with their children guardians you know and and a lot of and a lot of these families you know they're they come from underserved communities and can use that extra push and help to, to get them started and so it's 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 exciting so for people who want to get involved here in wyoming maybe we have people i know we'll have people that are listening that would be good mentors how do they reach out to the foundation about getting involved because i know that i've talked to individuals that are like man you know it'd be really cool someday to you know mentor a kid in fishing sure. or hunting so how would they get involved yeah that's a good question and and it's really easy there's two ways the first hunt foundation has a facebook page for the efforts here in the state of wyoming it's fhf wyoming if you search for it on facebook the contact information would have which happens to be my contact information is on there and uh, anybody's welcome to call me or message me via facebook and you get a couple things out of the facebook the page is actively maintained and you can get a anybody can get a flavor of the programs and the things that we've got going on across the state and and also get a flavor of what it's about and i I mentioned i put a lot of emphasis on the programs and events but it's also one-on-one mentoring you know where people know people through their social networks that would like to get into hunting you know everybody's welcome to 
do that one-on-one mentoring. And then Foundation has a website. It's www.firsthuntfoundation.org. On the website, we ask that anybody that's interested in being a mentor to apply. It literally takes five minutes. But we do a background check. And Lance has just recently gone through the administrative process. We weren't concerned about passing the background check but the good news is lance did pass i passed (laughs) well there are some satan no just kidding (laughs) (laughs) yeah and lance is a good mentor it'll be good yeah and um (laughs) takes it it takes five minutes to apply uh we do background check with for all our mentors and once we get through that process we accept them as a mentor into in into the foundation as a volunteer and one of the benefits of being a mentor is foundation provides liability insurance coverage for the mentors when they're operating under the banner of the first hunt foundation um, out in the field and so those are two ways to get connected with the foundation uh, the website's the main place to actually go through the administrative process here in wyoming the facebook page is is the way to, to get started. And now Lance, I have a question for you because it, this is going to be something new to Fremont County. So what, what's your vision for that? Like, what do you envision happening, um, leading this effort here in Fremont County? You bet. So, you know, I think the partnership with the Catholic college and the Wyoming wildlife federation is going to be the kind of the momentum bump. We're not having to literally build things from scratch they're so interested and passionate about developing curricular connections to the outdoors uh, that that in and of itself is going to create us um, some momentum to go on to whatever else like when you get a group of people together you'll start finding common interests or ideas um, because we're really developing the chapter from scratch, uh, but there are hundreds of chapters across the country that have already done this. So it's not entirely from scratch and having the impetus of the the Catholic College and the uh, Wildlife Federation, I think we're just looking at anything and everything. Uh, It could be curricular stuff it could be trips it could be it's kind of whatever is needed or or people that come up with ideas of say hey someone asked me if we could ever if the first hunt foundation would do this like sure like let's is it related to hunting and fishing and conservation you bet let's let's figure it out so it's really the world is our oyster at this point let's just kind of be open to things and recruit mentors who have ideas and are having a passion about how they want to be able to contribute. You know, some people will be very one-on-one and just need the structure, I think, to provide that mentor relationship. And then some people will be I want to be part of this program and I want to take all these trips and I want to be a part of that. So it'll be a much bigger thing. The cool part I, for me that I've admired or impressed with the first hunt foundation, it's, it's not the first hunt foundation telling people what we're going to do. It's just the, the mechanism by which when people have ideas that, well, let's figure out how to make that work. It provides the structure to make things work instead of telling people what things are going to be happening so who knows i think the let's start recruiting you know in here in fremont county it'll be a matter of let's recruit and see who we get and what passions rise up and what interests rise up and take it from there yeah well just as an example like we have listeners in florida 
what you would do in Florida is going to be different than what you do in Wyoming, which would be what different than what you do in New York or sure. Alaska or wherever. And so I think that's kind of cool because you tailor it to where you are. Exactly. Because you know, it may be, you know, down south it might be bass fishing, right? To right. get somebody introduced to the outdoors, somebody that's never been out. Right. You or, know. <laughs> or see, you know, open ocean fishing or, right. or offshore. You know, yeah. Just to be able, that's the, that I think is the uniqueness of, of an organization, not just telling everyone this is the way to do it it's just being open to the interests of a region or an area and saying okay we'll help you do that we'll provide the structure but i'm not going to mandate that you do it our way type right. of thing. so providing the structure and kind of the the bones to the program right fred of like this is how to successfully do this this is a tried and true method and those best practices yeah how do we yep. do this so talk a little bit about that fred as far as the program and kind of how it's structured yeah, there, there's several things there and um, uh, that we're touching on. And so I'll come back to the one. From a program structure standpoint, what we look for is an education experience. That's the entire experience. It's not about harvesting game and fish. That's a piece of it. And it starts off with, I'll, I'll use hunting as an example. It starts off with the basics for hunting, we do hunter education. A lot of a lot of our mentors uh, are hunter education instructors. Uh, that helps facilitate that. And then we do basic firearm skills. And then we do a simulated hunt. And it doesn't matter on all that. It could be big game. It can be birds. It can be turkeys. And we just design the curriculum based on the species and the firearms that we're using. And with the simulated hunt, we literally do a simulated hunt with live fire uh, for the big game. We we crawl around on the prairie and stalk 2D targets with range finders. We're geared up in hunting gear, binoculars. We set up different scenarios, including safety scenarios, game identification, like is that a mule deer or is that a whitetail? You know, what license do you have? And and then we have live fire on targets and and we build up to longer and longer ranges to do a number of things uh, to build the confidence of the person because they've already gone through the basic firearm skills, but also to get that relationship going with the mentor and the new hunter to get a better understanding of the capabilities and the desires of the hunter. And you adjust according to their fears, their concerns, their excitement. And, and ultimately we, we have some fun. We'll set up a gong at a distance and, you know, see, see not only what the hunters can do, but what the mentors can do. And you <laughs> might be surprised how many people can't hit a gong at 200 yards. And, and then we take it through a hunting experience and they're, we're not always successful on harvesting. And the hunting experience is experiencing the outdoors. It's, it's, you know, you take the time to have fun. You know, if the person that's new to the, the experience is into photography, take time to do photography. You know, uh, if, if you have somebody who's into to looking for cool rocks, look for cool rocks. And then, you know, if, if we are successful, and oftentimes these are high success type hunts, you know, we, we want people to have that opportunity to harvest because we take it all the way to the table because part of the experience is uh, having the opportunity to harvest healthy food. And there's a number of people that we run into, particularly in today's uh, generations, 
that are interested in that that local sourcing of healthy food and wild game is very healthy it's very lean and and it's very good when done right and and we like to coach the processing and preparation of the food for the table and so that's hunting and and the 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 fly fishing that we do is very similar we'll start off with fly tying and tying flies that you actually fish with and we like to work with community resources and all these programs and partners like a local fly shop and and local chapters of like trout unlimited and we'll do that fly tying uh we'll do fly casting on fishless waters so that we're focused on on technique technique. and um and and then ultimately get the participants out for multiple experiences fly fishing and and in both hunting and and the fishing we we teach conservation because these are means of conservation and contribute to conservation and with the fly fishing you know we'll, we'll along those lines we'll teach you know not all waters are conducive to keeping the fish you know, we, we've got we got a lot of great fly fishing here in Wyoming. We're blessed with that, and and some of the some of the trout species are the native trout species are struggling, and we try to teach ethical fishing. And some of the waters are conducive to keeping fish for the table, and they're good to eat. <laughs> and so, you know, that's that's how our programs are structured. One of the things that we've got going, um, uh, I not only work at the state level, but I also work at the national level. And this is really exciting. It's raising the bar um, and setting a precedence nationally. And it will have a major impact on the effect that our mentors are having with getting people to that level of self-confidence. And so... Uh, here recently, about six months ago, we were able to get a grant from the NRA Hunter Leadership Forum, which is the education arm of the NRA, not the lobbying arm. And that grant is to develop the first ever formal outdoor mentor training. And it will be available nationally to anybody that wants to take uh, the training to develop a deeper level of understanding of how to be more effective in mentoring in the outdoors. And it will be, it's being developed with a, um, a contractor that is, is one of the leading contractors here in the United States for online training. It's, it's interactive training. It's, it's best practice based techniques and information for teaching to adults. And in conjunction with that, in parallel with with that grant, uh, we were able to get a grant from the Department of Justice to develop the content for that that's based on research best practices for mentors. And it's it's just really awesome. And we've got a a number of personalities in the industry that are live coaches or actually video clips as part of that training that, that people will recognize, some of which are from from uh, names that are recognized here in Wyoming in the outdoor industry. And, um, and that's, that's, that's just game changing. Uh, there's no other organization out there that I know of that is offering formal training on how to be an effective mentor and an effective coach in the outdoors. And going forward, once that gets rolled out from a First Hunt Foundation perspective, to be a mentor with the foundation will ask 
the mentor applicants to take that training uh, as a prerequisite. It's a, and it will be a one-hour course, and, and it will evolve over time because there's other modules that we can add in, like you know how to be more effective in operating or operating as a mentor with somebody that, that has special needs, uh, veterans, and, and so on. Yeah, I think that's awesome. The, <clears throat> the thing I hear a lot of times is, well, there's all these people out on the water or out in the field that don't know what they're doing, you know, and they're, they're reckless. They're making a mess. They're doing this, they're doing that. You know, people complain a lot and it's like, well, when was the last time you took somebody under your wing and taught them how to do it right? You know, and are you being a part of the solution? Are you just complaining about the problem? And I think it's really cool that the first hunt foundation is taking steps towards training people on how to be effective mentors and to do it the right way, as opposed to just saying, we'll go out there and just do whatever, you know, cause not, not everybody's doing it the right way, obviously. Right. And we, and we see that. So I think that that's an exciting piece and, you know, looking down the road, there's an incredibly strong lobby against hunting and fishing. You know, there's, I talk about it with David a lot on the podcast. You have the bell curve on one end, you have the hunters on the small side on, you know, on the left say, and then on the right, you know, you've got, you know, another small group that really hates hunting and fishing. And and in the middle is a bunch of people who don't really know one way or the other, Mm -hmm. you know? And so the way for hunting and fishing to survive, and it really is a survival game is that you have to get people involved and at least help them understand why you're doing what you're doing. It's not, you're just out there, you know, slinging lead, (laughs) you know, which is kind of the perception that's portrayed in a lot of things. But what you're doing is you're trying to procure that clean protein. You're trying to have that great outdoor experience. You're enjoying nature. So I think it's neat to see an organization that's helping develop from the foundation, you know, build the foundation, build a good, strong foundation, and then build up from there as opposed to thinking you can start at the roof. Right. You know, we're starting at the foundation level, and right. I think that's really great. Yeah, there, there's actually a book that we've adopted as the first Hunt Foundation that was published by the NRA Hunter Leadership Forum, uh, and it's titled How to Talk About Hunting. And the content of that book is one of the core influences on how we design the content of our programs and events. Uh, Because you you touch on a a really important point, Patrick, because uh, uh, somebody that's new to hunting and fishing, they ultimately, what you're you're trying to do is, is part of this is you want them to be ambassadors for hunting and fishing and and to be an effective ambassador ambassador in today's society we really needed to know how to talk about hunting and fishing in today's society and you know you'll see it's a great book i highly recommend reading it um to anybody that's interested in that but but some of the things that come out is how hunting plays a role in conservation how hunting hunting and fishing well was fishing plays a role in conservation also but how hunting and fishing also plays a role in providing uh, a means to enjoy the outdoors and how it also provides a means of providing healthy food and it's not just about slinging lead um, and as you mentioned it's 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 the whole experience and, and the yeah. impact and the reason we enjoy the wildlife that we have here in north america and wyoming is because of hunting and fishing and the contribution that it makes it's the messaging from that is just really powerful 
Yeah. Lance and I used to talk about this a lot when we would go hunting and fishing or just at the office, you know, a casual conversation, but really, I mean, the future of, of hunting and fishing is in our hands and, you know, Lance, I'd be curious to get your perspective. You know, we, we both, you know, native Wyoming, you know, mm-hmm. and been doing it since we were little kids, but like to you, what does it mean to, you know, you've got grandkids now, you know? Right. So it's like, what does that mean to you as far as seeing that be available, you know, further down the road? Well, I think it's, it's a big part of keeping that spirit alive, keeping the hunting and fishing spirit alive, but keeping all kind of those life entities you know the the wildlife that's out there is is it's not just a hunting issue it's not just a fishing issue it's a conservation issue it's a it's an environmental issue that all of it is so intertwined that all it sometimes it just takes one little part that doesn't get fed that doesn't get brought along and then all of a sudden that falls that part falls apart and then it affects everything else and the you know you talk about families that that maybe one person decided or didn't understand how they could go hunting or fishing or be a part of conservation and they just gave up and then their their kids and their kids kids and their kids 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 like potentially never stay connected to the hunting and fishing and conservation world so really the the first hunt foundation is is giving a means when someone says to themselves i've always wondered about i've always wondered if i could i remember my grandpa did this maybe my dad did this but then you know something happened and i didn't do it I wonder if I could do that. I wonder mm-hmm. if, if, and that's, it provides that structure to be able to say, well, let's provide you a means. Let's provide you that structure so that we can reconnect people with the outdoors, with conservation, with hunting and fishing, however they want to be a part of it. Maybe they just want to learn how to cook it. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily want to, but, but that's a part of it. That's, that still can be a part of a, a holistic approach to the outdoors. So, uh, but some people absolutely, they want to hunt and they want to fish and they want to tie flies and they want to learn how to make lures and they want to, but maybe they want to f- photograph or maybe they want to paint, but it's all connected to the outdoors. Let's find them that, that means to keep them and get them reconnected because it, you know, the, the numbers are going down and us, us old guys, uh, I'm not, none of us in this room are terribly old yet. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not as old as you, <laughs> but, Mentally, I'm yeah. still a 12 year old. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we've, we've got a, I mean, now is the time to think about and, and provide an opportunity to, you know, keep people connected to the stuff that we valued growing up in in whatever way we valued it each of us came from different slightly different and every one of us out there everybody listening out there comes from a slightly different perspective of how their history is connected to the outdoors and they just might need a little impetus to be able to to find a new approach and and Mm -hmm. that's what the first hunt foundation at least here in wyoming for me in the lander region but across the state across the country i think it, it very much is set up to provide exactly what people need 
Yeah, and I think it's it's been the mission of Radcast Outdoors since we started. The reason we started this podcast was really to talk about topics and issues to help people be more successful, obviously, in the outdoors, but also for families to go do it together so that it would continue into the future. You know, we really care about the future of it. And one of the things we do have is an epidemic of fatherlessness, too. And yep. so there's a lot of young boys, young girls that don't have the father that you know, I think all of us had to take us hunting, right? Like I I know my dad, I I looked up to him and he would go out and hunt and I would see him, you know, I would wait on the porch, like couldn't wait to see the elk that he brought home or the moose. The one time the moose, that was really cool. Um, But I was always excited about that and couldn't wait until I could go. There's a lot of kids that just don't have that because dad's not there and mom's shouldering the load. And so what's really cool is, you know, we're, we're trying to promote that. I think first hunt foundation is really trying to promote that is how do we get men who are good mentors, women who are good mentors to get these kids out and, and fill that gap that unfortunately is there. Right. It, it wasn't there back in the sixties, seventies, right. but now for it's a real reason. deal yeah. for whatever know? reason that it's there, it's there. So yep. providing a means by which you can reconnect people to something that is very valuable. Um, yeah, but people just aren't, they need the education. They need the understanding in slow education. It's not just dump them into the, you know, pushing them into the deep end and good luck. It's, it's slow, methodic, best practice to help them really build a, a new foundation. Yeah, because I know like the tribes are talking about it here locally as well. And that's why they're looking at that indie fly program and trying to get that off the ground. And that's a fly fishing youth program is, you know, there's there's nobody taking these kids fly fishing. And so this mm-hmm. this group's like, hey, how can we train this next generation to know how to do this and to become guides and use that as a, a means of employment and be out in the outdoors? So, I mean, we see pockets of it kind of all over the place. Right. And I'm excited about you know, Lance coming on for Fremont County, because what that does is that gives some, some, you know, it gives us somebody to go to and just say, Hey, how can we kind of pull this all together right. and, and make it work like a well-oiled machine? Because just in this County alone, there's tons of kids right. that have no one in their life that does the outdoors. And we have some of the best outdoor opportunities in the entire world right, right here. Some of the best fishing in the lower 48, some of the best hunting anywhere. Right. And so how can we do that and be good ambassadors, you know, of both hunting and fishing to portray the message that we want portrayed, right? Like we have to live it. We can't just talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, you touched on a couple things there, you know, I think I may have mentioned it earlier, you know, we encourage the parent or the guardian to get involved with the youth uh, in these opportunities uh, with the mentor, because creating those family traditions helps ensure that it carries on and it provides that support structure. It provides an immediate buddy to, to go do this with. And, um, and then, uh, the collaboration, you know, a lot of what the first hunt foundation is doing, um, you know, we, uh, creates a template and with collaborative partners that may not necessarily have the history and the background and best practices and, and all the work that the foundations put into that, we're able to collaborate and we all bring things to the table and working together uh, makes a bigger impact and a more effective impact. And so we invite other organizations uh, and communities uh, to partner with the foundation and go do this. And it's, it's been really successful in Wyoming. Wyoming's a community and, and working together is in our culture. 
So I think there's, you know, there's a number of entities, you know, listeners across Wyoming, across the country that, you know, maybe work for an organization that would like to be more involved in hunting or fishing or conservation or outdoors. And they're always looking for who's somebody else I can partner with. Some of them logically make sense, like the, the game of fish. Every state has a game and fish uh, organization, uh, a state organization, but there are multiple other private nonprofits, things that, you know, people who are passionate, um, Fred mentioned like Trout Unlimited or the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation or the whoever it is, a lot of times it's, it's just like they, you, you have a tendency to get into your bubble and you don't pay attention to all the things around you. And sometimes it's just a reach out a call or a, a lunch or something with somebody in another organization to say, we've been thinking about this this outdoor event or this outdoor activity or this outdoor curriculum, do you know anybody, is there some, am I missing something? And then maybe the first hunt foundation comes in and says, well, we've done this in Colorado or Pennsylvania or Florida. I think we could recreate that here or maybe we've done it in Wyoming and we can do it elsewhere in Wyoming. So there's really, you know, the great thing about a podcast and, and getting the word out there is that, you know, there's listeners out there that are going, not only would I be interested in being a mentor, but I also work for an organization that wants to be organizationally more involved in the outdoors. And that we want that too. We need yep. partners. We need organizational partners. Yeah, I know David and I have talked about some things with Radcast to do just that. And so, you know, we'll have conversations, I'm sure, about ways Radcast can get involved. Yep. We're doing a rendezvous pond cleanup for the kids fishing derby coming up. Oh yeah. You first, know, and first Saturday in June. Yep, every year. Free fishing day. Yep. The yeah. Kiwanis put that on and yep. you know, we're going to do a big cleanup locally for that. Just to, just to really live what we're talking about. You know, right. you know, we do it when we go out and I'm fishing at Boyson or whatever, we'll pick up garbage and, you know, talk to people about conservation, that kind of thing. But this is a more formalized way of, you know, putting ourselves out there and saying, no, we're, we're going to go clean up all this fishing line and all this junk that got left behind and, right. and really lead by example. So it's super exciting. And I'm, I'm really just looking forward to what, what will come of this. And I, like I said, we have listeners all across the United States and even internationally. And so they'll now know about the first hunt foundation. I think that's pretty cool. And you know, hopefully more chapters will pop up and that's yeah. the goal, right? Is that you, you want to have this thing grow and grow the right way and, and have that structure and help people become better mentors and just better conservationists. Yep. And one thing I was going to mention, um, Patrick, while we were together is, um, and emphasize the first hunt foundations in it for the long haul and both at the national level and at the state level um, here in Wyoming. And the intent is to create a impact that goes on indefinitely. And, um, you know, people are gonna come and go for various reasons. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I'm around for a while yet. <laughs> and, um, but as part of that, you know, Wyoming in particular, I mentioned this earlier, and we all know this uh, here in, in Wyoming, the uh, it, Wyoming is a community, and the First Time Foundation here in Wyoming is really proud to be part of that community, and it's such a privilege to be 
be here in this great state. And so we work very closely with the Wyoming Community Foundation. And one of the things that we've done here is establish an endowment. And the endowment is intentionally named the Wyoming Hunting Heritage Endowment. And that endowment is in place to benefit women and youth wanting to get into the outdoors indefinitely. And it's, it's gained a lot of support here in the state. It's administrated by the Wyoming Community Foundation uh, for the First Hunt Foundation, and it's already making an impact. It's, it, we, there's a lot of excitement around supporting that. It does provide operational funding, does take money to run these programs and events. Uh, we don't charge the participants to uh, be part of those events. Um, we do ask them typically to buy their licenses, but we provide the gear and the ammunition, the fishing gear, et cetera, uh, at no cost. It's all loaner gear. And so the endowment helps provide that funding as well as other grants. Uh, and, um, and, and the endowment does a number of other things for us. So, yeah, no, I think that's wonderful. And, you know, if you're listening and you're like, man, I've always wanted to get my kids involved and I just didn't know how to get started, you know, how to, how to do this. Like, I don't know. Well, now you have a resource that you can reach out to. You can reach out to Fred on the Facebook page for the for the Wyoming First Time Foundation. You can go to the national website. There's there's plenty of resources out there, and I'm excited for the collaboration you mentioned with Wyoming Wildlife Federation. We've had Jaden and Jess on this show a, a number of times, and I mean they're huge ambassadors for hunting and fishing here locally and of course across the state. Um, but I think those kind of cross-pollinating activities where everybody's kind of working together on this is going to be a net benefit for the communities. And so I just want to thank both of you for coming on today. It's always exciting to talk about hunting and fishing. That's why I do this podcast, right? Yep. <laughs> and again, I won't hold it against you. You guys are, you know, the fly fishing yeah. side. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but maybe we can get me involved showing them how to do, you know, a bait caster exactly. and a spinning rod exactly. and doing some other stuff, you know. We accept you people just as much as... <laughs> a fly fisherman yeah. are you inclusive of me you know, being a non-fly fisher yeah uh, i know some mentors and coaches that could probably get you started yeah <laughs> i know how to fly fish they just don't it's, like it just, uh, yeah he'll do it <laughs> yeah no it's good and so again thank you guys so much for coming on the show we'll have some information in the show notes for people to go to and so that they can get in contact with you right and again i just encourage you if you know maybe you know a kid down the street Right. And, the, and you know that they don't have anybody in their lives that's going to take them. Or maybe, you know, this single mom that this would be a huge thing for. Go talk to them, reach out to them, be an ambassador, get them involved. I mean, it's it's up to us to do it. You can't wait on everybody else. Right. For sure. So, Absolutely. All right. all right, guys. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah. I really appreciate the time and the opportunity to be on the show. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks again for listening to the Radcast Outdoors podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed the show. If so, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast and subscribe, share, and give us a five-star rating, which really helps other people find the show. You can find all of our shows, recipes, giveaways, videos, and much more at radcastoutdoors.com. While you're there, please help support the show by purchasing a Radcast Outdoors shirt or hat. Please don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a RADCAST community on Facebook called RADCAST Nation, and we'd love for you to join in the conversation there. And of course, please help support our sponsors who make this show possible. 
Thank you again to PK Lures, Bow Spider, and High Mountain Seasonings. Until next time, get out there and enjoy the outdoors.